from my one bedroom lower flat that I rent in Detroit, this is Complete Me, a show where I check things off one radio story at a time. I am Laura Herberg. Before we get started, I just need to say that this episode is kind of hard for me to listen to, not because you can hear I have a cold, but because at times in this piece, I think I sound kind of sadistic or like an unfeeling psychopath. And I just want to make it really clear that I am not proud of that at all. That said, I think this is an important story for me to tell. So here goes. I can't hear you. Hold on. I'm in the studio at the radio station I work at in Detroit. My mom is on the line. How come you're recording this? Because I'm going to do a story about um, about all the trips we've been on together. Oh, <laughs> okay. A heads up. Our connection is a little spotty at times. My mom's at her apartment in the suburbs of Seattle, which is where I'm from. She is a stereotypical mom. This sweet, doting, harmless woman, oblivious to fashion, who would die for my brother and me. She's a legal secretary. My dad's an elevator mechanic. I grew up working class, but I was still spoiled. In fact, I've been kind of a brat to my mom pretty much since I hit puberty. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but basically what you need to know to understand this story is that I have trouble treating my mom with respect. And our relationship issues have always seemed to come to a head when we go on trips. So if you had to classify what it's like when you and I go on a trip. How would you explain that? Just you and I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is, like, tension-filled. <laughs> tension-filled? Yeah. After college, I lived in Scotland for a little bit, and my mom came out to visit. Can we talk about Christmas in Scotland? Sure. The three or four course meal that yeah, we had in fancy that. Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. We were it was just like us and like one other party of like eight maybe. Yeah, we both got all dressed up. And um what do you want to know about the meal? The fact that <laughs> I think um let's see, I believe I ended up in tears from that meal. Do you remember that? I do remember that, but I don't remember why. You really don't remember why? I really don't. All I remember is watching tears stream down my mom's face, feeling embarrassed for her, and hoping that the family sitting next to us wouldn't see that I made my mom cry on Christmas. But I don't remember why she was crying. It was because... I told you that I had a boyfriend, and we started to talk about that, and then you were um, very disapproving of that fact. My parents got divorced when I went to college. A few years later, my mom found herself a boyfriend, a man named Billy. I imagined him as a cheesy, middle-aged guy vying for my approval, and that just sounded awful 
So I didn't want to meet him. And I guess that made my mom cry. But that was just one vacation. We've had other tension-filled trips, too. The time when I was a preteen and we went to Victoria and I ran across the street every time my mom lit a cigarette. Or the time she visited me in college and I expected her to sleep on the couch, so she checked into a hotel room at the last minute. And then there are my trips home to Seattle. I don't remember one where we haven't gotten in a fight. By the time I lived in Maine, I wouldn't even let her come out to visit, at least not on her own. I always had wanted to go to Maine. And you were like, no, you can't come visit me here unless you bring somebody else. But you didn't want me to bring Billy because you were still in the phase of you didn't want to meet him. So um, I couldn't find anybody who wanted to go to Maine. And I really wanted to go there. But you don't want to go where you don't feel like you're being welcomed. You don't want to go if someone doesn't want you there. Well, I think... The, the reason I didn't want you to come visit me in Maine alone, I was worried about, you know, these past times when it had been just the two of us. And like you described earlier, it was tense. And I feel like usually I make you cry. You don't make me cry. I think I make myself cry because I get disappointed that my child would treat me that way. Sounds to me like I make her cry. But my mom won't even let me take the blame. Instead, she puts it on herself. I don't know. There's times I think, what did I do? You know, like, what did I do wrong? Because my friend's kids don't, you know, say these kinds of things or say, you know, no, you can't come visit me here. I've been living here in Detroit for almost six years. And I've told my mom she can't come here. She's banned from visiting me. I don't want her to come all the way out here just so I make her cry. I know you might be thinking, why don't you just invite your mom out and not treat her poorly? Well, that honestly sounds impossible to me. But Complete Me is, in part, about checking things off that feel impossible... So I've decided that for this episode, I'm going to lift the ban. Do you know why I'm really doing this story, this particular story? I have no idea. You don't have any ideas? I don't know. I mean, no, I don't. I don't know why you're doing it. Well, I bought you a ticket. What? I'm flying my mom out to Detroit for her birthday weekend. So what do you think? I'm very excited that I'm going to see you. And I'm very excited that I get to go to Detroit. And I'm just thrilled that you would think to do this and and do it for me. Because, see, now I'm going to cry, Laura. (laughs) Because at least. I know you want to, well, I don't know if you, if I know you want to spend time with me or you just want to get me off your back. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I'm too, stu- I'm stubborn enough that I wouldn't just do it to get you off my back. 
<laughs> Are you uh, taking any time off? <laughs> Remember that my mom asks me this. I tell her that I've taken all but one day off work. And then, do you think we're going to have a good trip? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think we are, but then I always think we are. Hard to say. One week later, I'm picking my mom up from the Detroit International Airport. Hi! Hey, I like your coat! Happy birthday, Mom! Oh, I That's okay! Thank you! Alright, I'm right here. We walk over to my rental car. My mom recently had shoulder surgery, so I lift her luggage. You all radioed up there. Yeah, I'm catching your arrival. As we're pulling out of the airport, my mom sees a sign she can't help but read. Welcome to Michigan. It's her first time in the state, in the Midwest even. It's way flatter than I expected. It's so flat. The airport isn't in Detroit. It's in a suburb called Romulus. So after we've driven for a bit, my mom asks, Are we in Detroit yet? Yeah, we're in Detroit now. This is cool. We're driving on Michigan Avenue, approaching the city's historic Corktown neighborhood, passing brick storefronts. Down the side streets, we can see houses. Just saw my first boarded up, cool looking old brick house that looks like this type I'd love to live in. As we're driving around, I realize my mom approaches tourism kind of like she's studying for an exam. She asks a lot of questions. Often these questions are so specific, I don't have answers. But that doesn't stop her from asking. Is this about what rush hour is here? What is Comerica? I know that's the field or something here, but when we were landing, I thought we were over Detroit, but the guy next to me said we weren't. There was a big airport, it looked like, and um, there were lakes everywhere, all these little lakes. Where, do you, where might that have been? Do you have crows out here? That was all from our first 20 minutes together. Another thing that I notice is my mom can't help but compare what she sees out her car window to the only part of the country she's ever lived in, Washington State. I've observed a lot of water towers here, and I hardly ever see them at home. I should probably tell you that asking lots of questions and making comparisons are both things that I do while traveling. For her first night in town, I take my mom to Detroit's Restaurant of the Year, and then we go get dessert at the restaurant I work at where she's able to meet some of my friends. Most of the trip is just us being tourists. I take her to the Motown Museum, where we sing My Girl in Studio A. We ride around on the People Mover, a monorail that goes in a loop around downtown. We drive through one of Detroit's most well-preserved neighborhoods, as well as one of its most neglected. We even go across the state to Lake Michigan, so my mom can see her first Great Lake. For the most part, we're getting along. But there are moments when I revert to my teenage self. Back at my apartment, I tell my mom that I'm going up to the grocery store for some breakfast items. I ask if she wants anything in particular. My mom tells me that she'd like to come with. A decent daughter would just reply, okay. I say, 
No, I don't think you do. It's kind of a trashy grocery store. Why don't you just stay here and take a shower? She says, I'd rather get out of the house and go on a little excursion. I say, it's literally a block away, and I'm just picking up a couple things. I think what's at play here is that it feels needy that my mom wants to come to the grocery store with me. It feels like I can't leave her be for just 15 minutes, and I'm unconsciously reacting to her neediness by trying to push her away. In the end, I let her come with me to the grocery store, but not without putting on a show. Once we get there, I walk crazy fast to pick up the fruit and cottage cheese I've come for, leaving her out of sight. I think I must want her to see that I was right, that she should have just stayed home, that it's ridiculous for her to be there with me. But really, I think all I'm showing her is that I can still be pretty immature. I don't actually have this moment on tape because at one point my mom asked me to stop recording and I felt I could at least honor that. But on the third day of her trip, when we're headed to the airport, I finally turned the recorder back on. So how have you felt that the trip has gone? Were there any tension-filled moments? I don't really think so. I don't know, you know, this has been great, you know. I don't know if you were, like, trying extra hard or something. I don't know. We didn't, I, I mean, I feel like we didn't have any big disagreements or anything. No tears have been shed. No one has completely stormed off. I want to figure out why this trip has been relatively successful. I think about it, and... I remember another trip we had that went pretty well. When you visited me in West Virginia, we had a pretty good trip. I don't think we got in any fights. You didn't take any time off when I was there. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. Why do you take it personally when I can't take time off? Oh, I don't know. I thought, I mean, I have no problem with it now. You just said, you know, I mean, yeah, it was fine, but. Hey, there's another water, water tower. My mom is ready to switch gears, but I'm not. I'm fixated on stating my case. I mean, do you know how poor I am? Like, I, I, you know what I mean? I don't have, I've never had a job where I have paid vacation. I know that. I just, you know, when I travel to see you, I, I, I like to see as much of you as I can. I mean, I think any mother would, so. Sure, and when I can take vacation like this trip, yeah. I, I did because I was able to rearrange my hours. Yeah, and I had no problem. You had lots of time to spend with me on this trip. We've gotten along well, and um, you know, it's just, I felt far more relaxed around you because sometimes I don't. I feel like I have to be really careful you know, to not say something that's going to upset you. But I haven't felt like that at all this trip. Soon enough, we're pulling over at the departure terminal of the airport. We can't stop here long. I see the police. Yeah, but I mean, so, you're unloading, so yeah. it's okay. Well, it's been a great trip. 
the best ever. Seriously. Wow, what does that mean? It means that it was mellow and just nice. It was just a pleasant, pleasant visit. My mom's lips begin to quiver and her eyes start to well up. Why do you think you always cry? Because I don't... Because I don't know when I'll see you next. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm not that cool to hang out with. I'm a big grump and I'm always defensive. But you're my big defensive grump, you know? You're my know, daughter. But I can't be that cool to hang out with. Well, you are. But like you said, you are a grump, so I guess I shouldn't cry, huh? Yeah, you should be grateful that you're going to... should be glad I'm going home, huh? Yeah. We don't have to put up with you anymore. There you go. Yeah. Well, I will, once I get a, you know. It's just saying goodbye is hard. Yeah. It's like everything in my mom's body is telling her to try to be near me, while everything in my body is telling me to pull away. Maybe it's because I know that her love for me is unconditional and so strong that I feel blanketed by her affection even when I'm a five and a half hour flight away. The sad thing is, I really do love my mom. I'm just pretty bad at showing it. All right. All right. That's it. You ready to roll? Yep, ready to roll. Okay. Okay. Love you. Okay, I love you too, Mom. Thanks okay. for coming out. Thanks for bringing me out. And I'll let you know when I get home. Okay. I mean, when my plane lands. Okay? Bye. Back at my apartment, I head into my closet where I like to record stuff. After dropping my mom off, I feel it's not sadness. It's mostly satisfaction, to be honest. Not satisfaction that she's gone, but satisfaction that we had a nice trip. You know, because my mom and I have had a tense relationship, I often do think about how hard it will be for me to cope if she passes away because I'll just feel so guilty, so guilty about the way that I've treated her pretty much since I was a teenager and so it feels really nice that we had this trip and for the most part I wasn't a brat and we had a nice time. I still don't know how to be the kind of daughter I want to be the kind of daughter my mom deserves. After her visit though, it feels like I'm trying harder than I ever have before. I go from calling her every couple of months to 
every couple of weeks. You've been listening to Complete Me. I'm Laura Herbert. Special thanks to Lou Bluen, Adam Presley, my Aunt Park, and of course, my mom, for putting up with all my antics, including making this episode. The music was composed by my brother, David Herbert, who sometimes goes by the ghost of the Emerald City. You can find his music and films at storyofasundowner.com. Okay. In just a minute, I'm going to play the bonus content we promised you at the end of episode one, our conversation with Theo. But first, coming up next on Complete Me, I go shopping. This area would take some fixing up. I guess it just depends on how much you value a level of floor. Shopping for a house. You can subscribe to Complete Me on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow us at completemepodcast.com to hear that episode. Okay, so you probably only want to keep listening if you've already heard our first episode, the one called Pick Up Drums. At the end of that episode, I had FaceTimed Bobby to give him an update of something I found out at a potluck. Guess what happened next, Bobby? Well, I don't know. <laughs> so Theo comes home that night, and he's like, he's like, what, where'd the drums go? And he's like flipping out, and he tells David he just sold the drums on Craigslist. And some guys coming by oh to pick God. them up. <laughs> Remember that? Okay, so here now is the other side of that story. So this is Bobby. Um, I'm catching up with Theo at a coffee shop in Detroit. So when did you realize that the drums were gone? I went um, down to the basement and they were just gone. And I kind of freaked out, because I was like, where the hell did those drums go? <laughs> uh, so I, I panicked and I texted my roommates, like, where, who took those drums? Like, did someone come and steal them? Well, how did, how did you get to the bottom of it? Um, my roommate Dave, he texted me back and he told me that uh, he, let, he let a girl in uh, and she took the drums. <laughs> Theo says he had listed the drums on Craigslist for $200 or best offer. He didn't exactly have a sale lined up, but... I did have a guy who was interested in trading uh, some audio equipment for them, although it wasn't super high-quality stuff, so I'm not like... It wasn't a huge loss here. In the end, Theo says he's just happy to have the drums out of the basement. So I didn't have to give them back. They're still in my detached garage waiting for me to play them.